The Holy Gospel is written in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, starting and commencing at verse 1. Glory be to to thee, O Lord. When they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in thy thy sight, O Lord, our Redeemer. In the modern culture of immediate satisfaction, the run-up to Christmas with its Black Fridays and Cyber Mondays, a season of waiting can present us with quite a conundrum. God has given the church her own period of preparation, a unique time when we, as God's people, prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. Here in St. Stephen Walbrook, also the London Internet Church, we must ask ourselves the question, is Advent going to mean anything more to us than a change of liturgical colors, some very delightful Advent music, perhaps opening another window on our Advent calendars, or the weekly ceremony of lighting another candle on our Advent wreath? Whether Advent is to mean more to us depends on this that in each of us, the one is to come, is creating expectation and evoking repentance, also offering us a new future. Situated as we are in the commercial hub of a great city, the odds against achieving this expectation and repentance may seem overwhelming. 
I was dismayed at the headline on the front page of Tuesday's Evening Standard, which seemed to set the general tone. Advent dressing, a frock for every day of the festive season. And inside the paper, we ladies were reminded with a pun, said that it's December and time to frock around the Christmas tree followed by an invitation to buy a different designer dress for each of the 24 days of Advent. There are many ways in which Jesus Christ comes into our lives every day, but even Advent nowadays is attracting unwelcome commercial overtones beyond the innocuous. Yes, for many in our society today, the free market economy has become a god to be worshipped above all gods. Rapacious, laissez-faire capitalism is doing rather more to provide the anticipation of Christmas than anything we do or say in the church about the coming of Christ. Indeed, at best, it sometimes feels we are in contention for the Christmas leftovers. Is there more for us than just being given the wishbone? So we need to return to the Christ-focused nature of Advent. Even if we can avoid the commercialized nature of Christmas, Advent to you and to me needs to be far more than simply marking once again an event of 2,000 years ago, the event of God breaking into our history through the Nativity. The word Advent means coming or arrival, and it is a season of anticipation and hope. Promise and fulfillment pervade the weeks ahead. Perhaps more importantly for Christians, it is the season when we meditate in exciting anticipation on the return of Christ the King. When we look forward to the imminent coming of Christ, we are not dwelling so much in the past, but firmly in our own present time, here in our own dark days in the shadowlands, contemplating a future that is unknown, but one in which we can have confidence. As Thomas Cranmer urges, urges us in the words of the Advent calendar, Advent collect we heard today, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life. This collect for Advent achieves an astounding feat as it not only ties together the first and the final coming that is evermore rushing towards us, but also our human present with the future. With all this in mind, our reading from St. Matthew may seem a somewhat strange choice, firmly planted in our lectionary as a regular Advent text. It is, of course, a story we primarily associate with Palm Sunday. It recalls the familiar detail of Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, an entry that will lead inevitably step by step to the crucifixion. Advent celebrates the fundamental truth about God that lies at the very heart of our Christian faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Christ will come again. How exciting is that? Perhaps not quite yet, but very soon. We are not to know the timing of his coming, but the certainty should bring the faithful of us onto our tiptoes, straining in anticipation and expectation. 
and it is the joy of his impending arrival that suggests a direct parallel with his entry into Jerusalem at Palm Sunday that formed our gospel reading today. But in reality, our waiting for his arrival is probably so casual now that it could hardly qualify as such. Indeed, it is as if we have been lulled by the length of the waiting into sleep. But as St. Paul urges us, it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. The one who is to come should fire our hope, heat our expectation, inspire our sense of anticipation. Just as Christ once came with acclamation and excitement into Jerusalem in fulfillment of the scripture, so he will come again. In fulfillment again of scripture, our readings and our carols at this time of year reflect this double emphasis on the birth of Christ on earth, yes, but also on the second advent. They reflect our joy, faithfulness, and anticipation at his future coming. And as confusing as it may be to focus on both past and future, Advent, the start of our new Christian year, symbolizes our spiritual journey in the present. We journey not just as individuals, but also as a confident Christian congregation. Yes, we affirm that Christ has come. Yes, that he will come again in glory to rule his kingdom. But crucially and essentially, that he is with us in the world today. Living as we are between the times, we are called as God's people to be faithful stewards of what is entrusted to us. We carry a responsibility, a divine commission, if you like, to love the Lord our God with all our heart and to love our neighbor as ourself. So let our Advent be marked by a spirit of expectation and anticipation. As we put the Christ back into Christmas, may it also be for each one of us a period of preparation, a time of longing, an opportunity for penitence, a yearning for deliverance from the many evils of our world. And in this week of the most difficult decisions made in Parliament, just how much do we long for God to come and set the world aright, to bring peace, justice, and righteousness to all his people? Christmas is coming, but of more importance and significance to us in this season of Advent. Christ is coming. Amen.